And I'm yeah. sorry, I accidentally faked you out because oh I texted God. you like, oh, I was King Kenny's so here. mad at you. I didn't know you so, were mad. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I wasn't really mad. It was just really funny. So what happened was I, uh, I went out to have a cigarette um, and it was... Uh, Kenny versus who? Silas. Silas Young. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was Kenny King versus Silas Young. I went out to smoke. No offense to them. I just needed to have a little break. And uh, Rachel texts me because, you know, I'm sitting in the front. She's sitting up in the stands. She was like, is Kenny hot in person? And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, I'm no. missing Kenny Omega right now. <laughs> what the fuck? So I put out my cigarette and I run back inside. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's totally fine. I got to see Kenny King was very hot. Um, you I were got right. my question answered. You got your question answered. But as soon as I came in, I was like, Rachel, there is only one one named Kenny at this show. And well, it is like, not the King sec- Kenny. Like about three minutes after I texted you, I was like, <laughs> oh, I think I just faked her out. <laughs> But I didn't know how to be like, hey, go have your cigarette. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. It's about okay. That. It's okay. It was very funny. Hello, and welcome to a very special Saturday morning WrestleMania weekend mini episode of yeah. WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, explain wrestling to my friend Rachel Millman, who I don't think we can even call a beginner wrestling fan anymore because we watched uh, three matches in the last 48 hours. Yeah, we've watched a lot. Uh, three three shows. Yeah, three, I was going to say, three, it's way more than three matches. 30 matches. 3,000 matches. I uh, Probably closer to like... I, if I sit here and add it up, that's going to be like a really boring silence. Don't update. make me do math. I'm so tired. So <laughs> just so like out of the bat, we went to uh, Joey Janela's spring break last night. Yep. Got home about five in the morning. <laughs> it's about noon right now. Yeah. I have to say that we're doing really, really well. I uh, enjoy the fact that we have morning voice. Yep. Yep. This is what we sound like in the morning. Uh, very sensual. Very Tom Waitsy, I think. I mean, this is not not my normal morning, but it's my Joey Janela morning. And I have yeah. to say, for a Joey Janela morning, I'm doing very, very well. Considering uh, how much we screamed last night. I screamed so much more. Like, you can anticipate a level of screaming. And I, and I, and I reached beyond that. Because uh, we, Joey Janela, we started at midnight. They were, they were saying it was going to go to four. And somebody, you were like, no. No, it can't go till four. It can't go till four. It went till four. It went till four. It went till four. It ended with a sing along to Bon Jovi's "It's My Life." Yeah, uh, it was a whole, very surreal experience. I think it's interesting because it was definitely too long. It was definitely too long, <laughs> especially for a show that starts at midnight. But I feel like it being so long added to the surreal, hallucinatory quality of the show because it was such a weird show. Yeah. There was so there was a bunch of comedy stuff. There was the clusterfuck, which was great. Congratulations to the Invisible Man, the Victor. Invisible Man, I hope your voice isn't invisible, and I hope you can come on the show. Someday. Invisible Man, come on the show. <laughs> we're gonna get you. That would be a big get for us. A big get for Invisible Man, where we're just telling the audience what he's doing <laughs> because we have the power to see the Invisible Man. <laughs> if you can't tell, no one in the audience can see the Invisible Man for the listener. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the Invisible Man won the clusterfuck, um, which is basically the Joey Janela version of a Royal Rumble. Yeah. AK 
aka a very very silly Royal Rumble there was a Ninja Turtle there was a clown there were like multiple clowns in attendance <laughs> at Joey Janela last night the clowns were sent in as they say yeah um, I like that the first clown that I can recall basically like volunteered to be like get me the fuck out of here I thought that was very <laughs> funny um, yeah so we, there was a bunch of funny stuff and then there was a bunch of really brutal stuff uh, I was very excited to get to experience you experiencing Nick Gage versus Penta. <laughs> that was very exciting for me. I, uh, that was, I want to know more. I like, I know a little a bit about Nick Gage, mainly his criminal record being part of the gimmick and yet mm-hmm. not part of the gimmick because he didn't wear the bandana when he robbed that bank. <laughs> um, but like, Hey, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. You know, he learned too late, but I want to know more about Penta because like you obviously have to be either a match with a guy with like guy like Nick, Nick Gage, who already has so much mythos around him. It, either he has to match with like cheeseburger as an infant, or he has to match with a guy who can hold his own against him. Yeah. And that's a smaller amount of people. I feel not to say that like any wrestler couldn't beat the shit out of all of us. It's just like Nick Gage is a big level of scary. Yeah. No, I think that's implied. I yeah. think people understand. Yeah. Nick Gage is very scary. Nick Gage is very scary. Nick Gage is the only wrestler I've ever seen where um, he comes out and people were chanting for his opponent and he just gave them a mean look and they stopped. <laughs> <laughs> he it's, is very frightening. It's it's very good. I am um, the crowd for the most part was definitely very rowdy, but other than like the guys behind us who were comically whining, I thought the crowd around us was pretty decent. Yeah, everybody was super nice. We sat next to we made friends with people on both sides of us. Um yeah, there were some guys in the back who really hated all the stuff that made the show fun. Like they hated Orange Cassidy. They hated Martina. They hated all the like explicitly comedy spots. I mean, I think they hated Martina just flatly because they were sexist because Martina's whole bit was obvious, like goofy sexual acts that and like like one of them when she started like grinding on somebody just said that wasn't very me too of her and I was like if this oh I wasn't there for that that sucks if if they oh you're very lucky you weren't there then because like if it had been anywhere else but a wrestling match I would have turned around and been like fuck you and started a fight right there but (laughs) I decided not to and I'm sorry to everyone else about that because I think those guys should be told to eat shit but I mean Um, they kind of were told to eat shit by the booking of the show because when (laughs) When the Invisible Man won, they got so mad that they left. And so I was like, yeah, fuck you. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, what did you think you were coming to? Yeah. This is what this is. And it's why we all love it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about Spring Break? Because we got other stuff to talk about. There's so much to say about Spring Break. And we have, like, a limited amount of time. We will get to more Spring Break later. Um, But I will say that Kath has an incredible camera roll of me screaming during the Nick Gage match (laughs) of just losing my absolute mind. Uh, But that was a lot of fun. I think Joey Janela really knows how to book like wonderful, wonderfully comp. A wonderfully competent heel, and that's a thing that I'm very much learning that I love, is somebody who just is willing to be screamed at by the audience in such a delightful way. Like, the two guys at the end of the clusterfuck who were not the Invisible Man, they were so Yeah, Ethan good. Page and, uh, I can't remember the other Nikki? guy's name. Sure. I really liked the, uh, Walter PCO match. Oh my god. That was so crazy. And, like, knowing that that guy PCO was wrestling like 25 years ago and that he was able to take those Walter chops. So if anybody listening doesn't know, you should definitely check out Walter. If you like uh, a hard hitting big man, he is a giant baby. He's a giant, angry, 
Austrian baby. Um, <laughs> he's so good. He comes out to like a Wagnerian uh, theme. He has like a, a waistcoat. I, like, think I think what mostly makes me a little worried about his imagery is the coat. And that just yeah. might be like a... And honestly, it's a cool coat. SS yeah. dudes dressed well. Hugo Boss made their uniforms. Yeah, I mean that's that's acknowledged. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, the the coat makes me a little nervous. But like he's so much fun. He's awesome. He, he's terrifying. His chops, you can you f- you feel them. Like the sound of them, it doesn't sound like a slap. It has bass to it. It has like yeah. a timber, and you feel it in your gut. And PCO was just taking these chops. His chest was turning black by the end of the match. Good luck to Stokely. Because he's got to get chopped by him, right? Yeah, I think he's going to get murdered by him. Oh, we're going to miss Stokely. Stokely, uh, you are dead by the time this comes out. R.I.P. Thank you for being so kind to us. <laughs> uh, speaking of Stokely, Stokely brought us to Wale Media. <laughs> that was a trip. That was wild. That was a very, very funny experience that I don't think any of us would have ever like wound up of wound up at of our own volition. But because this is like a magical, blessed week and weekend, <laughs> we wound up at Wale mania we saw marty Skrull trying to get his life on stage next to wale mm-hmm. who was the other guy that we saw up there mojo raleigh was having the best time mojo raleigh <laughs> like legitimately fit in and was like dancing really well i was very impressed with him and then we he saw... was like probably a better dancer than he is a wrestler honestly <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> i mean i haven't seen him wrestle but he was a pretty good dancer uh yeah it was it was a very odd uh odd place i'm glad we went it definitely was something that i would not have gone to if Silkley wasn't just like, hey, you guys want to go to Wally Mania? And we're like, okay. I didn't know <laughs> what it was, and I was overthinking it. I was like, I wonder what Wally Mania is, and like trying to Google like I was because I know a little French and I was like, I don't remember Wale as a term because we're in <laughs> we're in the, we're in Louisiana. Right. Um, but I like but that, it was such a literal name that I was like, I really overthought this. Huh. I like that. <laughs> Nate said because uh, Nate came with us and he was like, you know, I kept hearing you say Wale Mania. And for some reason, I didn't think Wale would actually be there. <laughs> It's like very funny to me. Um, Nate's had some excellent like spare commentary this weekend. Yeah, so Nate is interesting, and we're gonna have him on mic later because he he his perspective is very interesting because he listens to our episodes, obviously, and he goes to things with us. But he's listening to our episodes much more from a content and technical perspective rather than to learn about wrestling. So he even though he's listened to all of these probably more than anyone else is still kind of fuzzy on the details oh, of yeah, wrestling. Only a few people he's like really retained. He's retained. He loves cheeseburger. He loves cheeseburger. <laughs> uh, he's retained Kenny and Kota. Yeah. I think if I showed him a photo, a photo of Cody, he would know who Cody is. Well, my favorite was, so we went to evolve uh, one Oh two and Jarek 120 was there. He did some street magic for us after, which was wonderful. Um, but Nate was talking about him uh, after the show and he called him, what was that guy's name? Jared 2 p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> Jared so 2 p.m. is just, I want somebody to taunt him with that. Jared I want, 2 p.m. I want to like pass that along to Stoke and be like, hey, the next time you need to be mean to him, Jared 2 p.m. Here you go. 
free of charge. It's a thank you card. Uh, Jared 2 p.m. was very great. We uh, I don't I think we are both feeling very, very, very proud that we were met with disinterested booze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we that's got been a- my dream my entire life. <laughs> we got to weird- be on TV to get a weird shout out and hear like a like dead silence and then like. Boom! <laughs> that so was it. We got we got a shout out at Evolve 102 um, from the announcer, and it was very confusing for everyone. Understandably, <laughs> if I were not the person in question, I absolutely would have booed me. So I totally get it. But uh, it was very fun. We got uh, a shout out. They were like from the WrestleSplania podcast. Please welcome Kath and Rachel and, and, and Nate too. I and think. I know that I think they just said our names. They said your name. They did not say Nate's name. Uh. So we, yeah, we're on camera. We're waving. We're like, woo. And it's just silent. And then like <laughs> two guys like, boo. <laughs> Um, uh, that is that's a beautiful reception that's everything i've wanted in my life yeah and, and that and show like, was really fun we saw um our our pal zach saber jr drop the belt to matt riddle yeah at that show which apparently zach is um has left evolve now which is why he dropped the belt he's because he's working full-time in japan oh bye zach i know i'm sad i know we gotta say hi to him then before this weekend is up i know yeah uh i saw him at janela last night leaving Mm -hmm. and was like is he gonna be in this fucking show no (laughs) i didn't think so he's too for real he's too serious he's a funny dude but as a wrestler too serious i also saw austin theory before the show last night and i was like austin theory would make a lot of sense to me at joey janela but austin theory doesn't think he would make sense (laughs) to make sense at joey janela i don't think uh i have to say i really like that you keep calling it Joey Janela and not Spring Break. It's very funny to me. What I identify it as, like Spring Break, is very generic. Uh, Joey Janela, Spring Break. Joey Janela, Spring Break. It's this. You get it. I know. It's just funny because it's a dude's name. Yeah, uh, and it's a good, good dude's name. Yeah, he seems like a good dude. He seems very funny. He seems very self-aware. He's fun. I saw him wrestle in like a tiny church in South Brooklyn. Um, for like 20 people and he was great he was so fun <gasps> oh, we he wrestled uh, Matt Riddle actually oh my show. god yeah Anybody, it was really fun so Matt Riddle I think is wrestling more definitely wrestling more than he's sleeping this weekend yeah he, he has seven matches this weekend I think I think it's nine nine yeah that's too many that's so many take a break take a break no he is taking a break because he's smoking a lot of medicinal marijuana <laughs> yeah and that's the only reason he's standing up right now yeah. and like yeah you, someone tweeted that and it was a very astute yes. observation that him being alive is a very good endorsement of medical marijuana. Fuck you, UFC. Thank (laughs) you for kicking him out and giving us this entertainer. Uh, You missed it after spring break last night. uh, I walked over to the tables to try and find our ride home because we did not want to pay $150 for an Uber Um, because the surge pricing was insane at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I see some Matt Riddle at 4 a.m. at a merch table doing the, hey, it's so nice to meet you man thanks for buying a shirt like that is crazy what an angel that all of these guys just did all of this and then four o'clock in the morning are selling merch are still on yeah and then they probably have to wake up at eight to go to the gym or drink a protein shake or take a painkiller or all three of those things and then go wrestle some more what that 
that's crazy. But he was out there and he was just as charming as ever. And I was going to give him a business card. And I was like, this is the least appropriate time to give yeah. your business card for your podcast. <laughs> so I walked away. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to talk about Osprey and AR Fox. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so- becoming a huge AR Fox like stan <laughs> we love him we love his entourage they're so fun i please let us be in your entourage i know we wouldn't make sense in it no it would be very incongruous but we would have a great time oh and God. clearly look the evolve audience clearly loves us so <laughs> I, um, I uh ar fox it would be cool to meet but i was way more excited to meet his lady in his yeah. entourage so i want to say for listeners we're talking about ar fox fought will osprey at evolve 102 and it was great just wanted to say if yeah. anybody wanted to watch it. But anyway. Yeah. And like I because we were kind of like on camera at the in the front row for that section of the match, a lot like obviously the audience was a lot more for Will Ospreay, but we were like, yeah, let's do this. We love AR. Will Ospreay, though, he's winning me over. He really is. I was not really a fan. He's so I like flippy guys, but I don't like it when it looks like they're expending extra energy for things that don't help them fight. You know what I mean? Like, Will Ospreay does this kick where he does, like, two spins in the air and then kicks a guy. And it's like, how does that help you kick more? That's like a waste of kinetic energy. Ex- exactly. And and he has a lot of things like that, but he's amazing at them, and he's, like, incredibly acrobatic and, and graceful, and it's really cool. But I could never really get into his matches because I just didn't feel like... I didn't buy in, you know, and I, I didn't feel like he was buying in. I felt like he, I, this is the way I described it. I never feel like he's fighting an opponent. I feel like he's doing a bunch of moves near another person. You know what I mean? Mm. But this weekend we've seen him twice and I've really, really liked both matches. I, uh, I just want to say that literally right now. I got the joke of Osprey and his costume because he has weird little bird wings on it. I did not put two and two together. Oh, till, I didn't notice that. Till right now. <laughs> I just thought Will Osprey meant he's British. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if he's British. He's British. He's very British. He's very British. But like, because he has those weird clipped fuzzy like baby duck bird wings on his back (laughs) and I like did I just like absorbed it and was just because there's so much happening there's so much that you have to take in that just sitting here right now you said Will Ospreay and I was like oh like a bird I'm uh, I'm real good and real analytical. Uh, the four way, the so the AR Fox. Well, AR Fox does flippy shit too. Yeah, but for some reason I'm I like it with him. Well, he has a Greek chorus selling you on it. That's part of it. I I also think um, he's just so much more charismatic than somebody like Will Ospreay, and that's why I was okay with. Um, I like Ricochet a lot, and Ricochet is very flippy. Um, I feel like he's better at making it actually look like a fight, but he's also super charismatic. So I don't know. I just I'm drawn to Aero Fox because of the character um, and all of his people. Like there's such a spectacle to it outside of the wrestling. And then the wrestling is also really cool. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to see this match because the last time we saw Evolve, we saw Aero Fox versus Keith Lee, which is a very different type of dynamic yep. than two little guys flipping around. The another I loved learning about DJ Z. I'm immediately obsessed <laughs> with DJ Z. Uh, for listeners, he is he is an actual EDM DJ in real life, right? That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true. And but. then he comes in 
uh, basically acting exactly like an EDM DJ. He has that air horn gag that I love. He clearly made his light up suit that he enters in like painstakingly in his basement and oh, I just that's in a that's definitely constructed in a garage yeah beautiful he's really funny it's, so his DJ gag if anybody doesn't know is anytime he hits a move he calls on his DJ who plays like reggaeton air horns <laughs> and it's great <laughs> there was a really good setup at evolve at evolve 102 where somebody else tried to hit for the horns and it didn't happen <laughs> yeah and then he it was austin theory that's who it was, was austin theory and like i i kind of really enjoy watching austin theory. yeah you like him he's a funny heel he's i he's got like he's he's definitely not as like an, an incredible heel but he definitely wants to be evil and he's doing that by having selective lip injections and very very specific Rachel's a Rachel's an Austin Theory Juvederm truther. Just so everyone knows, I just he looks like he's. I'm not saying they're bad injections. They just look like he has done his research and gotten some lip injections, and that's fine. Do your research if you're going to have plastic surgery. Um, we with the. Uh, I want to talk about the the tag team match, which was yeah. the other Walter. So this was the other Walter thing we saw. Um, Walter and Timothy Thatcher versus Daisuke Sakamoto and Mununori Sawa which was really cool I was telling Rachel Sawa I believe was retired he is like now coming back um this was really fun it was a really good mix to me of serious heavy hitting um mat wrestling suplexes stuff like that big strong guys lifting each other up and doing feats of strength but then also a lot of comedy and I, I don't know. It's cool watching somebody as sort of scary as Walter do comedy, be funny, and the Japanese dude Sekimoto and Sawa are just so good at blending those two things together in a way that feels very seamless. It doesn't feel like okay, we're moving from comedy spot to serious. Spot. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit yesterday about how there's not as seamless a blend in a lot of American wrestling, where but from those guys, it just feels so effortless. Yeah, I I do see it. I feel like more in. Japanese wrestling where you have dudes like Minoru Suzuki who's very scary working in DDT and doing like weird comedy stuff there's there just seems to be less of a division there are definitely specifically comedy wrestlers in Japan but they seem to handle this sort of tonal shift better yeah um so yeah that was super cool uh, we, uh, I have to say, uh, we saw, well, after seeing Jaka on the plane, we saw Jaka in the ring and he was great. Uh, cause Nate and I took the same plane as Jaka and we both were like cranky and tired cause our flights got pushed back. Uh, Dom Garini, I'm coming around to, too. Yeah. He's really cool. He was, he was really dope. I, uh, I that, got, to, I got ma- to give him a slight talking to him and be like, please put shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> I really like you. I really like what you're doing, but I saw you without shoes and I was upset. <laughs> put shoes on and he was like I might have to soon (laughs) yeah please everyone take care of your toes yeah okay uh we obviously have a lot more to say about all of these matches but I think we should shift towards Rev Pro yeah so the other so we've talked about Spring Break we've talked about Evolve 1 of 2 the other show we've been to so far was Rev Pro um in the Sugar Mill which that was my favorite venue I've been to that's I it's the venue 
is kind of doing a detriment to Evolve and a slight detriment to Joey Janela. Yeah. Um, But the Sugar Mill is an excellent venue. It was really good for what they were doing and like how they were doing it. And it just like it doesn't didn't absorb as much of the sound, which was very good. It was just the right size for the audience. It didn't feel too big. And the convention center is just it has really really high ceilings and it's a huge airplane hangar it's a convention center so it's it's divided up but it's just a big giant room it's also kind of out of the way so you don't feel like you're as in the city yeah too but repro was awesome it was a really um consistent show every match was good i really liked pretty much all of it we haven't seen a bad show this weekend we really haven't yeah i do not think we'll be seeing a bad show or a bad match this weekend but rev pro really was the most well balanced like there wasn't a moment where i was like all right this is a bathroom match i just held it till the end well they also did an intermission which was very helpful yeah i i think that the intermission really really helped i think that um should be a thing that wrestling shows just always do <laughs> if they're going to be as long as they are evolve keeps it nice and short which yeah. i appreciate um their stuff is usually like two around two hours a, a nice 10 minute intermission is good but for something like repro was like i think a little over three a, a 15 minute intermission really helps people out and it helps the wrestlers because that's time they can sell their merch yes so um yeah it was just a great show it was a bunch of guys from new japan we got to see i still can't get over this we got to see Minoru Suzuki and Hiroshi Tanahashi 50 feet from us. Like, that is... I I've, I know you kind of know, but I, I you're don't, so I don't new. Know. I don't know to that degree. We, we are so spoiled. We are so spoiled. <laughs> I know I'm spoiled from the word go. Because I'm spoiled because I, I get to do the show. I'm spoiled because I get to only absorb the good stuff that you like, that you know that I will like. And I'm spoiled because I get to go on this trip. Yeah, for real. I get the I got the impression that I was spoiled, but like I don't know the value to the degree. And I'm excited to learn that value. Uh they you they were a ton of fun. I what was it what was it? Uh who was the guy you described as looking like um Oh, Ishii. He looked like uh, somebody put... So, yeah, somebody told uh, described Ishii as um, if you put bike shorts on a fire hydrant. <laughs> and that's exactly what he looks like. He's got the weirdest body, and he wears the least flattering ring gear for his weird body, and I respect that so much. <laughs> and he was up against... Um, God, ZSJ. Yeah, he was up against Zach, so Zach looks even more like a little beanpole yeah. next to him. So it was just like, they looked like a very... They looked like a downward slope. Yeah. <laughs> but they were great. I... I'm just starting to appreciate what Zach has to do more with entering charisma because he's such a te- technical wrestler that like he can't do as much wide sort of comedy goofs. Well, no, his whole thing I feel like is that he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. He's just like an emotionless, um, technical killing machine. Like yeah. he's just systematically ripping all your limbs off. Uh, it's very scary. Oh my God. The toes, him messing with a lot of people's toes was starting to upset me by the end of that. <laughs> he's just touching too many toes. He's trying to break too many feet. I don't like it. Leave people's feet alone. Um, <laughs> uh, we got to see, uh, we got to see Kota. Yeah, we got to see Kota in a match with Dustin. Yeah. It was so much. And they were against each other, so it was a real, like, torn moment. When and they, it, they were against each other, and Flip was on Kota's team. <laughs> so what do we do? Kota was getting, or sorry, Flip was getting booed out the building. People yeah. were like, no Flip, thumbs down. I'm pretty excited to go to Ring of Honor tonight just to see 
like 10,000 people booing Flip. <laughs> it's going to be really funny. Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's very funny that f- part of Flip's ent- entrance is saying that his name is Travis. Like, you should take that out, man. That's part of it? It was like Travis Flip Gordon. <laughs> take the Travis take out. The Come Travis on, man. Uh, we're kind of, we're dancing toward probably our biggest highlight of... <laughs> Rev Pro, but we should talk about Kota a little more for a minute. His back is a work of art. It's and you insane. don't even mean that. You like you said, you don't even mean that in a horny way. It is. <laughs> he is just sculpted from marble. It is insane that someone can look like that. I that body. I don't understand how that is physically possible. Yeah, he has that body, and then it's topped with hair that he cuts himself, <laughs> and that I'm willing to put money down on that he puts sun in. In yep, <laughs> it's a really specific orange that you yep. only get as a middle schooler. Mm-hmm. Put, sun in orange, sun in, using a sun in. He orange. bleached it, and then he put sun in in it. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Yeah, I he, but he was so wonderful to watch, and like the audience was just like completely because we we talk about so much about how Kota elevates everyone he's in the ring with Mm -hmm. the audience themselves were elevated when he was in ring i felt you could feel the energy just shift just a slight amount to to, holy shit we're watching kota and they structured the match really well because the thing that everybody kind of wanted to see was kota versus osprey and they teased it in the beginning and the crowd went nuts yeah and then it didn't happen and then they um, they kept sort of hinting around it and then we finally got some spots at the end which I think was a good way to protect all of these guys because they're all in a ton of stuff this weekend it's a six man tag like they're not going to be doing yeah. a ton of crazy stuff but it was everybody got a, a nice spot everybody got a chance to shine I was really happy to see Rocky Romero I'd never seen him live before I, I really like Rocky him. I can't wait to do more I can't wait to do a full episode on him he's another person that I think does a really good job he's he's such a good like face in peril because he's so small and he just like he kind of puts his dukes up and he's like mm-hmm. i'll take on any comer you know he's yeah. a little scrappy guy he's like scrappy do but then he's also <laughs> <laughs> he's scrappy do he's scrappy do but then he's also like really funny and he was doing the forever clotheslines which was so fun and yeah he's great and obviously dustin's wonderful there was my favorite spot i think in the match was when dustin was choking Shane Strickland with a t-shirt and the ref's like telling him to stop and he goes I'm trying to help him yeah uh and that's uh we're just gonna pause for a second we met Greg and Dustin we did yeah they were so nice they were so nice they knew who we were Greg called us psychopaths which I take as a high compliment did he call did he really yeah he was like you did a whole podcast about us you psychopaths yeah that's right that's right (laughs) Greg also said to me he was like oh wait because we talked to we talked to them before the show and after the show um and Greg was like, hey, you're the one that just got into it, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, he was like why did you do that? That was a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were right. very, very sweet to us. Um, and if for some reason they're listening to this one, thank you guys. For- they're not listening to this <laughs> one. I'm, you know what? We didn't think they were going to listen to the episode about them. So that's true. That's you know true. what? The secret is real. <laughs> if they are listening to this, thank you so much for being so nice to us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, they're big sweetie pies. Uh, I really liked the Australian guys. We didn't know anything about them going in. Yeah, so there was uh, two Australian guys fighting Juice Robinson and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Obviously, they won because it's Hiroshi Tanahashi and Juice Robinson. Uh, they were Hiroshi fucking great. Hiroshi Tanahashi was incredible. 
Yeah. His mom hair is beautiful. It's so good. I get Juice Robinson now. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love Juice. I think he's awesome. you've been talking about Juice Robinson, and I've been saying, he kind of looks like the guy on Glee who got arrested for really bad crimes, and now he has transcended looking like Mark Salem. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, but they were so much fun. And, but I have to say, the, the Australians really held their own in a way against these guys who were the obvious heroes of the match they did a very very nice job um they are very funny shaped together as a tag team so that was very enjoyable yeah one of them was like a little skinny guy and the other guy was a thick boy uh brian described the skinny guy as someone's thin son (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was just a really like eloquent burn that's really funny because it was someone's thin son and then you were like about the other guy you were like oh we have the same body type (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you and i were just being like oh yeah we have both have the same spot in our back where we have like the slight fold yeah we have the the same fat roll as that we really connected to him um (laughs) and then i gave him a card and he was i was just like just wait till i'm gone to rip it up and he was like all right thanks um (laughs) and god there was so much about rev pro that i loved and i can't wait to expand upon it so yeah we're exhausted and we have a big day ahead of us we still have to go to ring of honor and wrestlemania we will definitely be talking about that quite a bit we have more to talk about from this stuff too Yeah. yeah i just i can't wait to get delve into it but we just wanted to give this an update and keep our thoughts fresh about it Mm -hmm. i think our morning voice has subsided a little bit a little bit i'm ready for some coffee so uh i'm gonna be down in coffee i don't know (laughs) if we should i don't know if i'm gonna be doing any any alcohol tonight at ring of honor it might be a bad idea i might Mm. fall asleep (laughs) well thanks for listening we will check back in with you soon So this is sort of the second half of our mini coverage because we have to, we recorded a mini episode while we were there and now we are home and ready to do the rest of it. Yeah. So so we wanted to record more while we were there, but my voice was completely gone (laughs) after Ring of Honor, which was, um, we had two days left at that point and uh, I just couldn't do anything. So thank you for your patience, guys. Um, I'm better enough. But yeah, so the last two things we went to were the biggest events of the weekend, which was Ring of Honor Saturday night and then WrestleMania Sunday night. So that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And uh, so I guess chronologically, let's cover Ring of Honor first. Yeah. So Ring of Honor was huge for us for several reasons, um, which is the main reason is that Kenny Omega was there. Yeah. Kenny Omega is literally the reason this podcast exists. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much the reason I'm a wrestling fan is because because of Kenny Omega. I, we, he's not even the beginning of the card. We should probably look at the yeah. card. But as you can tell, I was primed and ready to mark the fuck out the entire show. But we should, um, the first on the card was Chuck versus... Jonathan Grisham. Yes, which was, we saw, we knew of Jonathan Grisham a little bit because he had that weird promo at the last Ring of Honor we went yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they were like, and here is the octopus in regular <laughs> clothing talking about how he's injured and it was odd. So that was, we actually got to see him wrestle in ring. So I am glad he is better. <laughs> Um, it was fun seeing Chuck wrestle for the second time. That third time, right? Yeah, because we saw him at Rev Pro. Yeah, we saw him at yeah. Rev Pro. Did we see him at anything else? Ring of Honor, Rev Pro, and then this. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. We got to see him twice. 
uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah, Ring of Honor and Red Pro. He, we love seeing him. He, it was, it was the first time I got to see him wrestle with Greg. Yeah, Greg was his, uh, you, as you put it, Rachel, Greg was his ring bride. Yeah, he wasn't so that necessarily was a valet. He was definitely <laughs> a ring bride, which was very cute. Um, and we had noted, because we had gone to a little panel at WrestleCon? WrestleCon. Uh, Festival of Honor. Festival of Honor, Which I'm was sorry. the pre, so for Ring of Honor, if you got tickets to this show that we were at, um, you had admittance to uh, all day that day before the show, there were like signings and meet and greets and panels, and we went to a very silly panel panel uh with the best friends they were doing like trivia about their best friend it was kind of like a newlywed game yeah so it was like both of them uh Cole Cabana and Ian Riccoboni and then um Beer City Silas Bruiser. Young and Beer City Bruiser yeah yeah and it was cute um I think Dustin tried to cheat at one point if I recall correctly Dustin tried to cheat and Greg ratted him out <laughs> Um, shout out to them. We love them. But we noticed during that panel that they had to switch sides for them to hold hands at the end because... Because of Greg's arm. His, so poor, his arm is fucked up. <laughs> he was telling us a little bit about the surgery and it sounded really grody. So I'm not going to go into details in, any, in case anybody listening to this face at that sort of stuff. Uh, it does not sound like a fun surgery. No, he said he's going to be out for at least like four months, which is too bad. Four more months. But I was thinking this and... I know that for him and for all these guys, like, obviously, like, wrestling is the most fun. He wants to wrestle again, I'm sure. But at the same time, getting to run around the ring and just wait for your friend to hug you sounds like a really fun job. Like, that seems like a really good way to spend your time. That is the best form of second <laughs> fiddle that you can have. Exactly. Um, and, like, we, we've said this before. He's kind of the front of house to Chuck's back of house. Yeah, definitely. He's, um, like, he's the PR guy. He's the, like out in front doing all the deals doing he's the, all the networker he's definitely yeah. the networker um so but it was it was fun to see him be the ring bride it was they had some cute moments set up where uh octopus octopus is his name sure oh, sure uh where he like couldn't interact with him because he was injured and stuff mm-hmm. and it was very fun looking at my tw- at my uh, phone afterward and seeing greg be like oh i was wearing a women's shirt in yeah the ring. <laughs> a women's shirt that you own right i own that shirt yeah yeah, yeah. the only reason Greg's probably a smaller size than i am but <laughs> I do own that shirt. Uh, the only reason I don't own that shirt is because yellow isn't a great color on me. Understandable. Yeah. And like, <laughs> otherwise I would. I respect um, that. Well, you bought a best friend shirt from them I anyway. I did buy so. a best friend shirt. I'm very excited to like wear it. But I, since everything in my life is wrestling at this point, I feel like I need to detox from it very yeah. badly. I have not watched any since we got back and I probably won't for the next like week and a half just because I need, I need to like build up my wrestling tolerance again because I counted <laughs> it up and we watched... 20 hours of wrestling in four days. Oh my God. Which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, like half of that was WrestleMania. Yeah, that's true. A lot um, of it was WrestleMania. I went home and I rewatched it and we'll get into all of that. Uh, but I was just, I remember looking at the timestamps on it as I was like going through stuff that I wanted to rewatch to mm-hmm. form my opinion around it. I was like, I can't believe we sat there for that long. <laughs> what the fuck? I also want to let people know, um, Rachel and I actually weren't sitting together during this show. Um, so we got tickets to this, to Supercard of Honor through, um, two listeners who we love, Valerie Volcano on Twitter and Jay Irradiated Trash on Twitter, who totally hooked us up with... Supercard tickets, WrestleMania tickets. Um, amazing. I cried at multiple points during yeah. the weekend when I realized how much they had given to us. And this isn't just me paying lip service. I do not know how I will ever be able to pay them back in this capacity. It was incredible. What they did for us was incredible. Yeah. I w- Holy shit, basically. That's something that I really want to talk about. I mean, we're talking about 
um, the matches we saw and all of that. But I think probably my favorite thing from the weekend was just meeting people in this community. Like, obviously, meeting people who like our podcast is amazing. And everybody we met who was like so cool, so complimentary, the nicest people. It really made me feel really, really good to be doing something that not only that people respond to, but that cool people respond yeah. to like that people who are like really fun and awesome and funny like everyone we met was cool and we would get a list of names so we don't know if you want to be shouted out on this so we're gonna hold off on that yeah everyone we met was cool the two people we met after ring of honor were super cool we loved their shirts and stuff <laughs> uh it was just everything was incredible we are so grateful yeah and even not just fans just like regular people like that we sat near or like the guy we sat next to at spring break was so cool was so cool and he added me on facebook and he seems really nice yeah i like i got i got a pedicure sitting next to a dude in a kenny omega shirt and we started talking he was like <laughs> the nicest guy like i don't know i just i understand why the wrestling community has the reputation it does but there are so many cool people who like this that I mean we talked about this a little bit with Ron when when we talked to Ron and Ron said that about wrestling fans mm-hmm. and just it's such a devoted community and it can be so positive and it's like so cool but anyway the reason I brought that up is because Rachel and I were not sitting together um because of uh Val where she got the tickets and everything so I ended up I was sitting in the front um which if you watched Supercard of Honor or if you watch Being the Elite this week you can see and hear me screaming and there's a lot, lot of, of gifts that you're into and you're like cheering for Flip's death and yep, stuff yep I saw one where I'm cheering for Flip's death um where yeah so when uh Greg and Dustin came out uh, I yelled feel better Greg and he turned around and waved at me and I was very happy <laughs> it made me it really made my night it made me really excited um, and then everyone around me laughed and I felt embarrassed <laughs> don't feel embarrassed so where I was originally sitting basically we were sort of in this excellent sound cave where we could hear each other perfectly yeah I could totally hear you yelling <laughs> it was awesome I'm already very loud so I'm gonna give myself a little credit there but from the angles where we were it worked out perfectly but then a fan of the show tweeted like hey where are you guys I have empty seats next to me and they were a little closer. So I moved around to those for Kenny's match Mm -hmm. because I wanted to be as close as as possible. possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was worth it. Uh, But before I did that, we saw the ladder match. Yeah, that was the next match I wanted to talk about because that was crazy. It was um, the Bucks versus SoCal Uncensored. The Bucks plus Flip versus SoCal Uncensored. Um, And... It was crazy. There were nine billion ladders. One of them was directly in front of me, which was very stressful. Oh, I'm actually like, I'm still kind of going to be working through that jealousy of you being that close. (laughs) But I was so tensed up that entire match. I was upset. Yeah. I'd never seen a ladder match live before. That was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) There were some cool bumps. Like, unfortunately, Flip did a really cool bump off the ladder. And and it liked it, even though, well, like, I mean... It was somebody doing it to him, so I got to cheer. But I was also, like, begrudging respect. Like, that's pretty neat. I was a little concerned about... He um, fucked up his leg, right? Well, yeah. So there was one spot where... And I don't know if he did. He seemed fine after, so maybe I'm just extra, like... I always think people are getting for real injured when I watch wrestling. Well, here's the thing. You're not wrong. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> They're um, just, their recovery turnaround is way quicker. Yeah, there was, he just, he came off the ladder to the outside in a way that it looked like he smashed his ankle. Um, but what I was going to say was the thing that actually worried me was um, Christopher Daniels, yeah, Christopher Daniels, who comes out in like a Nazi uniform, kind of. Yeah, what the fuck? What's with that? 
I didn't want to jump the gun. Yeah. But I was like, that coat has some very specific lines to it that I am not that comfortable with. I'm not psyched about it. Yeah. And I think between that and Ring Comp, who we saw a few times this weekend, which is Walter and Timothy Thatcher, I'm just like, why is like being a fascist like a character thing now for wrestling it's a little weird someone tweeted at us they were like uh generic fascist is the new generic satanist yeah. for, for gimmicks which like i kind of see i kind of <laughs> respect alistair black for sticking with the classics then um but yeah like it just walter makes me laugh because he looks like a giant baby but i mean through our filter we can be like oh it's they're doing irony they might not they might not be doing irony yeah i don't know i don't know if they're doing irony i'm i they probably they might be are received not, as irony they're probably not racist like they're probably not actually shoot nazis but like i don't think it's ironic either i think they're just like in the grand tradition of wrestling tone deaf idiots yeah <laughs> like um <laughs> maybe a little bit uh I think with wrestling, there's so much there's so much um, space between the signifier and what is being signified that it's literally just like this looks cool and it like looks you know what I mean. I, I think that um, not everyone necessarily is super thoughtful about their gimmick beyond its image. That's def- certainly not true of everyone, and like most of my favorite wrestlers are very very thoughtful about that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also think it means like. I don't know if uh, Chris Rodriguez is necessarily a Nazi. He's probably just dumb. Yeah. That's but I don't know. Of, Maybe. I mean, could be wrong. That's kind of my Kat Von D theory, because we talked about that for a little bit, is that she's just kind of dumb. Yeah. She's surrounded by idiots who think this shit looks cool. And like to the rest of the world, maybe now is not the time to say, you know what? Like they, this looks cool. It doesn't, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, it's, there are a lot of things that we have to work our minds around in terms of like somebody's bad politics or a bad look or something like that. But there's certain, like it's 2018. I don't know if gimmick Nazi is my favorite thing. Yeah. I, I think consuming. there's like really no excuse for that existing yeah. now. Like I'm, you know, I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt personally, but like, don't be a gimmick Nazi. Like, yeah, you don't got to do that. Yeah. I will say though, ring comps entrance music is fucking sweet. It's really good. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I don't like it, but like, God, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm way more prepared to laugh at the, at the polite liberal. Than I am right. like there, it's, there's the one guy whose gimmick is he's the polite liberal. Oh, the right? progressive liberal. Progressive yeah, liberal. Yeah, I'm sorry. In, uh, in Appalachia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He sounds he sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but the the latter match was it was also very scary from where we were sitting. I was stressed. It was scary. It was also the beginning of Ring of Honor's continued attempts through the night to get flip over. They really wanted people to like flip and. Nobody likes Flip, and they're trying so hard. So even in, I would say Flip is the most over in Ring of Honor, right? Like he has, he's the most well received there, as opposed to every other time we've yeah. seen him. It's just been like, boom. Yeah, he's uh, not the most. It's not that he's the most over person in Ring of Honor. That is the most over Flip ever is. is yeah, in Ring of Honor. and it's still a very mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were just they were giving him everything. Like he came out and saved Brandy, which we'll talk about. He, he like, uh, held cheese burger like an injured baby yes he he uh he tried to save cheeseburger like there was just a lot of like flip uh you know protector of the vulnerable or whatever and everyone's like no he sucks stop he it sucks ass he's boring <laughs> um yeah so that was kind of a uh 
dark spot on an otherwise very fun night is just them constantly trying to get us to like flip. Um, but yeah, that ladder match was really fun. It was really intense. Obviously, it was the Bucks, so it was like basically a stunt show. It was just them doing yeah. a lot of cool flips and everything. Um, but I, I don't know. I they got to tell the story later in the night, so like. You know, there's that criticism of the Bucks that they're just, they're all spot fest. They're all, you know, they're not, no psychology, no storytelling. They got to tell the story with Cody and Kenny. So I'm fine with this being the... The the spot match. Yeah, exactly. I think out of the two Ring of Honors I've seen, this one was way more well-balanced. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they clearly, so this was their biggest audience ever. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the biggest venue by far that they've ever... Pre- performed in um streaming wise this was their biggest audience ever so they were really like pulling out all the stops for everybody everybody was like let's give them a top-notch ring of honor show and they you know they brought in all this other talent so like we saw um kota we saw yep hangman page versus abushi which was which great was- that was a, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about a lot of our favorite matches. We kind of haven't talked about how good that match was. And that was a legitimately good match. I'm a little sad there was nothing for them to backflip off of. But other than that. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the uh, the thing they were leaning into. Because we were there essentially when you were like, all right, I like Hangman Page now. That was a huge moment for him in the general wrestling world. As far as I can tell that yeah. Hangman Page is over because he did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like he's gotten better every time I've seen him lately and I've liked him more and being a man being in the front row for that like I I get it now like hotness wise like I kind of didn't see it I thought he was kind of boring but like dude is hot I watched <laughs> that is like a both of them two of the most attractive people I've ever seen up close like yeah. for sure I uh we I saw Ibushi twice I screamed like a teenage girl both times <laughs> He's just incredible live. Like the, I will say this about several people, but I genuinely mean it. The energy changes when Kota is in the room. Yeah. And he clearly loves it so much. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Especially was- at Ring of Honor. He was constantly like, you know, doing the like, come on, everybody, like just trying to get everybody to cheer for him. And they would because it's he's fucking great. He's so great. He was having such a good time. I don't think I mean, I can't wait to I, if I'm proven wrong on this, so be it. But I don't think he does a crazy amount of steroids. That's just all working out 12 hours a day. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't look um, um, he doesn't look roided. He doesn't have like the roid side effects of like back knee and, and boobs that like a lot of people. Yeah, he's have. just in perfect shape. Well, he probably doesn't do anything besides like work out because he like you said, he, we, he doesn't have any hobbies. He so, doesn't have like, any hobbies. He just works out all day. The only hobby he has is putting sun in in his hair. Yeah. Rachel's convinced his hair is uh, sun in. It is that color. It, it is, is the right color. It is absolutely sun in color. I saw it under def- several different forms of lighting. <laughs> Kota uses sun in. He, <laughs> I'm just imagining him and Kenny having like their their hair days where they like prep their hair to be as terrible <laughs> as it is. I will say I <laughs> liked Kenny's hair better in person. I was like very curious just because like it's a lot. <laughs> it's so. Much. I don't even know how to break it down verbally. I it's like such it. a purely visual mess. I like it. <laughs> I just feel like it like. Look, he, that's his real hair. Like, he's not getting perms. Like, he really has that curly Justin Timberlake hair. There's not a lot you can do with it. So, you don't like, have 
have dime. to have a white poof on top. I like it. I think it's cool. I like the white poof. I just he I looks like a fancy skunk. I'm into it. <laughs> fancy skunk. He's Pepe just, Le Pew. He's I'm, a fancy I'm skunk. I'm imagining like you know the day where as couples at home they accidentally mix up each other's hair products. Oh no! And Kenny has to go in with Sun in, and Kota <laughs> has the big poofy curls. That's a great situation comedy I just wrote. If anybody wants to hire me, that would be fun. <laughs> they, so like, in for the last few years, like um, they if they have a show around Halloween, like. Um, New Japan people like uh, wrestle in costume like last year Bullet Club was all Aladdin and um, Kenny was Jasmine oh really oh I bet that got so problematic so fast nah it was fun oh were they who was um, guess who Marty's girl was Uh, Iago Aladdin's monkey Apu. Okay, I see him as he's either Apu or Iago (laughs) Um, who was the genie I can't remember I can't remember that's Maybe true. Marty was a genie. I can't remember, but I just remember Kenny was Jasmine, and that's perfect. That's beautiful. I uh, I hope next year they go as each other. I think that would be really cute. Oh my Wouldn't god, that, be cute? that would be really cute. <laughs> I like when couples do that. I don't know. I uh, I enjoy couples costumes. I have done couples costumes twice now, and like when they're done right, they're, they're fun. Yeah, they're, they're fun. done right. We were um we were the Venture Brothers one year, nice. and then this last this last Halloween we were I was Pee Wee and Nate was Jambi, yeah, awesome. which was a lot of fun. That's Great. a fun costume. So one of the most conflicting moments I had at Ring of Honor, especially because I was in the front, was um, the Briscoes were having a match against Jay Lethal and Hiroshi Tanahashi, Ooh. and I I really didn't know what to do because the Briscoes are homophobic pieces of shit. They just got in trouble because one of them grabbed a pride flag at a show like during their entrance like a fucking asshole and um you know I don't want to support that I don't want to be in the front cheering while those people are performing because I want you know especially I'm sitting in a very visible spot on the camera and I don't want to look like I'm supporting them because I don't so I was but I was very conflicted because I had seen Hiroshi Tanahashi at RevPro. Yeah. And we were just like transfixed by him. He's so charismatic and so like just breathtaking. And I didn't really understand it. Like, I liked him in New Japan. Like, I thought it was good. I really liked his match with Suzuki um, from like a month or two ago. Um, But yeah, I just like, so I didn't know what to do. So basically, what I ended up doing was like no selling the Briscoe's entrance and then. It was very easy to only watch Tanahashi the whole time because he is... I just couldn't take my eyes off He's magnetic. He's, He's incredible. He's so magnetic. His hair is incredible. <gasps> I really like seeing it in person. <laughs> it defies expectation. It defies gravity. I don't understand how he gets it to look like that. We were talking about it in our seats and there was a dude sitting next to us. He was there by himself. God bless him. Uh, Val and Jay and I are like, how does he get his hair like that? And this guy leans over and was like, actually, he gave an interview about it about a month ago. (laughs) I was like, you're the best. Did you give that guy our card? I didn't. I'm sorry. Oh, no. He was was a sweetheart. Shout out to that guy. Uh, But yeah, so Tanahashi, incredible. Just wanted to say that. uh, He touched my hand. I'm very jealous. I, 
I'm full of love and energy. Mm. I love you, Tanahashi. He's so good. That was great. <laughs> I liked seeing King Kenny again. There's obviously a story, like a narrative there that I haven't been paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, they telegraphed it well, but I, if I don't know it, then I don't, it's harder to be as invested yeah, if it's yeah, that yeah. story based. Yeah. Uh, it was really fun seeing, uh, every time I see Beer City Bruiser, I have a great time. I really like him. He's I, so fun. <laughs> he's really fun. And he seems, he was on that panel we went to earlier in the day and he, he just seems like, like a, a funny, nice guy. I mean, I don't think every single large, large boy is probably very nice, but every single large boy that I have paid attention to seems like a genuinely nice man. Like we have, <laughs> we have Braun paused on our TV screen right That's now. That's true. Yeah. He's a peach. Uh, it's, he seems like a lot of fun and there was a really funny moment at the end of the Kenny King match that I don't think you actually got to see, which is that he was fighting Silas and then Braun's head pops out from underneath mean- the ring. No, I'm sorry, not Braun. You're right. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be, that would be a wild moment. Uh, Beer City Bruiser's head pops out from underneath the ring and holds Kenny's legs there. But he looked oh, like awesome. a baby being born. <laughs> like specifically Danny DeVito being born out of the couch in that Always Sunny episode. <laughs> it was just like his like... And he already looks like a baby. Big head and like a large body just like holding Kenny King's legs there. That was very funny. Uh, uh, and then we had the cheeseburger match. Oh, right. And like, so I think out of everybody, like there's a couple wrestlers Nate knows at this point. Nate is a, Nate is a mark for cheeseburger. We I were think. trying to get him to buy a cheeseburger shirt because he loves cheeseburger so much. He does. Cheeseburger's so fun. <laughs> he tweeted, he was like, uh, time for the only wrestler that doesn't need to be explained to me. It's cheeseburger time. <laughs> it's cheeseburger. <laughs> it's cheeseburger. So cheeseburger is kind of, he's just like the young, fragile baby baby of ring of honor he definitely weighs like half what i weigh like there's he's so he's so one thin. of my legs yeah as we know i am big leg grew <laughs> uh he's one of my legs i love him uh he's very funny he's very good at getting smashed around yeah i hope you know i hope his neck is good because his neck is always constantly getting fucked up <laughs> but there was a very so there was a very funny moment there, and they they were their nods and winks towards this all weekend, which is that pile drivers are not legal in the state of Louisiana, right? Yeah, yeah, or at least like you have to get special permission, at least in New Orleans or something. I don't know, something like that. But uh, it was basically yeah, like I don't know the stipulations, but it was basically like pile drivers will not be allowed at WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, and like there was there were a couple of winks and nods throughout a couple shows we went to. Like mm-hmm. someone pile drove the Invisible Man during yeah, the and got thrown fuck. out of and the clusterfuck, which is that's the best way to employ it. But yeah. the second best way to employ it was that who was the guy who was holding it? I don't remember his name. Um it was uh Bubba Ray Dudley, I think. Okay. One of the which whichever the white Dudley, I can't remember. I think it's Bubba Ray. Okay. Or Bully Ray. I don't so know. So anyway. we're just gonna say Bubba Ray, because whatever. Uh Bubba Ray caught Cheeseburger and had him th- like beat the shit out of him, which was so mean. Yeah, so what happened was he Cheeseburger was fighting somebody else. He was then, fighting a tag team, right? Yeah, so he was a, he was about to fight a tag team and then he didn't have a partner and then uh whichever Dudley came out and was like, I'll be your partner and then they fought and then the Dudley turned on Cheeseburger. Yeah. And uh 
gave this whole rant. He, he did a big heel turn. He gave his whole rant about how wrestlers like Cheeseburger are killing the business because who would ever believe that this guy's a wrestler? He's so small. You entitled millennial yeah. with your Bucks merchandise and your Bullet Club. It was honestly, <laughs> it was a really good heel turn because that's exactly <laughs> the sort of guy that you would hate. And that, I think I... Because sometimes I don't think Ring of Honor is, out of what I know and what I've seen so far, I don't think Ring of Honor is the most aware of the demographics of wrestling fans at this point and the sort of fans that they have. Um, and that seemed like a very, one of their most self-aware moments of like, of course the type of kids who would like this would hate a guy who rants about entitled millennials. Well, there's, I think there's two sides to that because I do think that is true, but I also think that there's... The way that he set that all up, there are a number of fans of the audience who are like, he's not totally wrong. Like, this isn't, he's not, and I think this is what makes a, the best heels, is when they're, they're being shitheads, but there is a kernel of truth to their shitheadiness. And I think that that, like, even though that's not an opinion I agree with, it's certainly an opinion that some people have. So I think it is, like, playing to both sides of it. Because that's, like, I mean, that's what makes a good heel. That's what makes a believable character. Is yeah. somebody who's saying something that's, like, so, at least somewhat legit. So I think it's both. I think it's, like, they are playing to people like us who like us, but they're also playing with their more old-school fans, too. Yeah, it's just, it was a very, very smart moment, I think, in terms of writing and the show flow and the story that we were supposed to be told at that point. Um, and then they tried to get Flip over on us again, which is, like, it's, like, somehow the smartest and the dumbest moment. Right, so... <laughs> So, uh, Bully Ray Dudley was just like, oh, you know, it's guys like Will Ospreay, it's guys like Cheeseburger, it's guys like Flip Gordon. And so then, like, Flip Gordon came out and avenged his honor and yeah, but saved he had, Cheeseburger. He had che threatened Cheeseburger to be, he was going to pile drive him and take away your precious Kenny match, which I thought right. was very funny. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I, like, love this angle, but it was, it was funny at the time like I don't know where the story is going I don't think it really matters but it was like it was a funny turn for the show and yes yeah, so we have cheeseburger in a pile driver position yeah saying you know if I do this your show will be over which is stupid because there had already been a pile driver on the yes. show at that point which is like and then he does pay it, attention man and then he does it and they sort of imply that they arrested the bear at some point from is where I was happened? sitting I think the bear got arrested <laughs> but I'm not like sure there were just like cops that came like fake oh no 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 that was different that was because that was Cody saying people are giving me people are sending me death threats so I have a police escort into the ring what a bitch I know <laughs> <laughs> what a good heel uh, so yeah I that was a fun moment although I just want to see like Cheeseburger be victorious again I, I know. love Cheeseburger so Cheeseburger good. if you feel like doing a podcast Cheeseburger come on the show we love you come on the show Cheeseburger <laughs> so now we're down to the last two matches of the show the sort of double main event and I think everybody there including us had some objections to the way this was laid out the order <laughs> yeah like so it was Cody versus Kenny first and then Marty versus Dalton Castle second as the last thing which was dumb and I think dumb. that just dumb I think that everybody going into it I'm sure all the performers knew what was going to happen where the crowd was going to be spent after Cody Kenny and not have anything left for for Marty and Dalton and that's basically what happened and I think it's too bad I think it's a disservice to 
to the performers because Marty and Dalton had a really good match, but everybody was just exhausted. It was the end of like a four and a half hour show. That is the exact, disservice is the exact word I was going to use. I felt bad for them. And I say this as a person who loves making fun of Marty. I could, <laughs> I could do a whole episode just making fun of Marty, but I just, I felt for him. Like you're there to work. You're there to do your job. And if they had just switched that, it would have been such a, it would have been such a stronger show it would have hit almost the same balance that rev pro hit yeah which is still i think our show of the weekend in terms of balance and everything yeah in terms of like i i think that when i'm at a live show i think about this stuff more and we'll talk about it when we talk about wrestlemania too but thinking about it not in terms of matches but in terms of a night of entertainment or like a show, you know, and you have to pace a show a certain way. I mean, even with stand up, you have to you have to order the stand up in a certain way for people to have the best time. And there are certain people who you don't want to follow other people. And it's like it's not even necessarily who's more popular, or who's better or whatever. A lot of it just comes down to different styles. And um, for this one, it was definitely like people were there to see Cody and Kenny. And I'm sure Marty and Dalton knew that, but I think the reason it went last is because that was a title match, whereas Cody and Kenny were not a title match. Yeah. And it's a Ring of Honor title, and so Ring of Honor wants to build up that title as as important as it can. Therefore, it's like our title is more important than Cody and Kenny, which is not true. It's just objectively <laughs> untrue. Uh, when Kenny came out, I, yeah, it was the entire crowd, not just me, was like Beatles. It was like the Beatles at the Ed Sullivan show when we were all teenage girls. Everyone was losing their minds. I could hear you screaming specifically, which is why you're sipping tea right now. Yeah, that match was definitely a big part of why I lost my voice. It, it really was surreal and overwhelming to, to see him. And again, the spectacle of all of this and coming to this live and going to these, especially these last two shows that were like the biggest shows we went to, it it's really hard to explain. I mean, I'm sure people listening to this, if you've been to wrestling, you know, but being that close to someone who has that aura and... Granted, that aura is manufactured by storyline, by pyrotechnics, by costume, by character work. It, you know, that doesn't mean that it's not there and that it isn't overwhelming. Like, I really, I got kind of lightheaded, like, just, like, I had to sit down for a sec just because, and collect myself because it was so overwhelming to see this person who, like, I love so much and who... Is, you know, is a superhero. Is, like, he's mm. as close as we have. I... I think charisma is almost is an underrated talent. Charisma yeah. is a skill. People say like The Rock is only charisma. Charisma is absolutely a skill. It's just his star. And but Kenny's star power is just so real. Yeah. And I'm not yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fan. Of course, I'm going to argue for his star power. But it's just kind of undeniable. The he, It's again, it was one of a couple moments of the evening in the evening where the room changed. Yeah. It was just everyone was at their peak, overwhelmed, just screaming their heads off. There were these guys sitting in front of me because at this point I had switched to the slightly closer seats behind the crane. 
um, where they, I was like, I don't know how they're going to react to this. Cause one of them was wearing a t-shirt with a bullet on it that just said just the tip. And like everyone in our row just turned to each other and was like, Ooh. <laughs> uh, and then they came out and I was like, Oh, I wonder how I was really curious as to their reaction. And they were just like fully there for Kenny yeah, and screaming their heads off for Kenny. And he really kind of transcends any sort of preconceived notion you would have about, you know, the best wrestler in the world who is also openly queer. Yeah. Yeah. He really, he's able to really tap into something with his performance and seeing him so close and, and seeing his performance, like literally feet away from him. It was very just, he just gets everything so right. I don't know how you didn't cry. I was like tearing up. I didn't full cry, but I like, I got real close a few times. Like I got really choked up. I just, he, and and you know I don't know how he is as a person but he clearly can tap into something as a performer that is very special like he really I don't want to say he has a gift because it's clearly something that's honed but um, he you just can't take your eyes off him and Cody was great too but there's just something he's just on another level like I just it's it was different than every other performer I saw this weekend it really yeah. was no I completely and, agree yeah and like Granted, a lot of that is context, but it felt different. Yeah, I do have to say, I mean, this is not, no one is on Kenny's level, but I will say, like, you need a villain as competent as Cody. Yeah, Cody's a lot of fun. Cody is, I mean, you kind of have, as a wrestler, I don't know where I rank him, but as the character of a villain, he's incredible. He's a lot of fun. He's He's, a ton of fun. He, like, spat in another person's face. Yeah, he spat in somebody's face. Uh, (laughs) He was, like, flipping everybody off. I really He was having a great time. The point where he was setting up his finisher and paused and just flipped off the entire audience. That was incredible. He's so much fun. Yeah. It's kind of nutso to me that he didn't make it in Hollywood acting, but that's sort of better for our entertainment and the entertainment we choose to taken now yeah I mean I also think that it's it's a different um scale of acting like you know like that's a criticism Kenny gets too is that he's like it's it's too over the top and everything and it's like yeah maybe for like a movie but for wrestling we are kicking people in the head it's okay to be over the top yeah yeah it's that's like part of it and that's what sort of got me choked up was just the the excess of it you know it's just so like dramatic and everything and then yeah so then the match ends with um, the Bucks coming out, and lo and behold, shocker, <laughs> the Bucks try to super kick somebody and accidentally super kick someone else. Believe it or not, uh, that was the only thing I was bummed by is because I they were setting it up, and I was like, Nate. I like pulled up a YouTube clip of him doing the one winged angel. And I was like, when you see him setting that up, you get your phone out. <laughs> and we didn't get to see the one winged angel. That's yeah, like that's my one true disappointment. And it's barely a disappointment. I, I have, I have a few disappointments with this match. It, it was incredible. It was, you know, I amazing. I would like, you know, I have some nitpicky things like this is still great. My nitpicky things are, I wish they had played up the homoeroticism of these two characters and their relationship a little more. Yeah. Because they've done that in a lot of other um, matches and, and interactions that they've had, especially in New Japan. And I wish there was more of that because I think it's something Cody really excels in. 
Um, and it's really fun. I think he brings back a little bit of that Stardust character from WWE that's sort of like androgynous glam rock thing. Yeah. And he does it really well. Um, the blonde hair really helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that so that was one. And then the other was like, as soon as the Bucks came out, I knew it was going to happen. Uh, like, I just feel like they've done this so many times of like, oh, no, we tried to super kick you, but then we super kicked you. Oh, no, we tried to push you, but then you I pushed you by accident. Like, that's been how they've been drawing this story out with Bullet Club for like months. And I just am like... Find a new thing. Yeah, like find a different way to keep this plot going. Like I understand you need to build the tension, but they've been building the tension the exact same way for like two months, and I'm just like, I want there to be something else. Yeah, I uh, we didn't get to see the one winged angel. Yeah, we. I was praying for Kota to come out. Even I know though... I wanted Kota. I know this is not a Kota story. This is about Bullet Club. It's not about the Golden Lovers relationship. It's different. And Kenny has even said that this iteration of the Golden Lovers is going to be way less about a relationship. Yeah. Um, but I still wanted it because yeah. that's what I like. Yeah, and we <laughs> didn't get to see, unfortunately, we did not get to see the Golden Lovers wrestle together at all. So, like, no, I wanted we him to at, come out. And we don't regret being at Evolve, but we were at Evolve on Thursday. Yeah. Um, and thank you again to Evolve for letting us have that lower third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Still going to say getting booed on TV was the greatest thing that's ever happened to yeah, me. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> uh, but we didn't get to see them wrestle together, but they're going to wrestle together again, and we are going to keep doing this. So... I think it is in the future for us. Yeah. Um, but they, he, Kenny loses, which like, I kind of have to give credit to the show for doing that in a weird way because they know that Kenny is why as in is why everyone is in those seats. Yeah. They know that Kenny is regarded as the best wrestler in the world. They there's no way they don't know that. So for them to bring everybody in and say, haha, fuck you, he loses, your hero dies. Cool. Yeah. That is adventurous writing. Sure. That is like that is that is taking a risk during like your biggest thing ever and saying, fuck you, guess what? We're doing this our way. I have to respect it, mm. even though, you know, my favorite didn't win. <laughs> uh, and that ends, and we're all completely emotionally spent. Yeah, everybody's exhausted. I have no voice, um, which I was very sad about because I, lo- I love Dalton Castle. Like, I was really excited for Dalton Castle's entrance. I was really excited to see how he was going to spruce it up for New Orleans. And he did. Yeah, <laughs> he was great, and I—he was like my first favorite wrestler. So he cracks me up. I yeah, I just think he's great. I think his character work is so funny. He's so cute. He's so charming. He's the got boys big, are hilarious. He's got a big thick butt. He's got a big thick butt. <laughs> he's very thick. He's crazy strong. Like he just can suplex anybody. But <laughs> but he's he was great, and I got to scream "Steampunk sucks" in Marty's face, and I was really happy about that. I uh. I still like making fun of Marty, but the more I see Marty, the more I like him and the more I think he's a fun performer. Yeah, this is my I, thing about Marty. I felt bad for Marty during this match, specifically because he had props set up that he couldn't find. He couldn't find. And he was already, he does not hide his emotions. <laughs> And, like, he doesn't hide them within his character, but he doesn't hide them within, like, shoot Marty either. (laughs) So I remember when we saw him at Hammerstein, 
was it him? It was Hammerstein, I think, where somebody threw a drink at his face and he was openly fucking pissed. You could tell that he was mad that the audience was exhausted. And you could tell that he was really upset that he couldn't find a prop he was looking for under the ring when he was searching for it. And like, I don't blame him for being upset, but I could see that it was happening. And it was like, oh, fuck, dude, this sucks for you. I'm sorry. This is the only thing about Marty. He's really fun. I like all of his admittedly sort of gimmicky spots. I like the powder. I like the finger break. I like the chicken wing. I, I It's all so much fun. It's I wish great. he did more bird stuff. He, he does so much bird stuff. How I much want more him, do you want? I want him he to flaps go, his arms like a bird like 50 times a minute. I want him to go full bluth. <laughs> I want him to come up with his own version of like cuckoo kacha or whatever it is. I want him to be doing If like, he did a cuckoo kacha in the ring, he would become my favorite wrestler. Exactly! You see, I... Pre- <laughs> You've proven my point. <laughs> but yeah, like, I like all that stuff. I like it in a 10-minute match in the middle of the card. Like, I'll give you Marty that. is a mid-card goof to me. He's a mid-card goof. He shouldn't be main eventing. He's fine. Like, he's not bad in the ring. Like, he can wrestle. But I just, you know exactly what's coming. He does the same things every single match. And that's, yeah, what you sign on for. But don't drag it out for 30 minutes. Let me have it in 10. Let me have it in 15. He shouldn't be the main event of a show. It should have been a 17 minute match. I, okay, we're bargaining now. <laughs> I think 17 minutes because they had a lot to do and like Dalton's entrance and everything. Like, I, but I agree with you. I, that- Dalton to me is a main eventer. Like, I'll watch Dalton all day, but I just, I... I thought this match was good. It was as good as I could think a Marty main event match could be. <laughs> but I just don't, like, he's not compelling to me because I know exactly all the things that are going to happen. Do you think he could become compelling to you? Just Maybe. As a I think he would have to change a lot of his repertoire. Mm-hmm. And like I'm saying this knowing that a lot of other people love him and that like they don't feel this way. So our hosts loved him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Val and Jay were really, really into him. Um, and, you know, he's super over. People love him. Like, there were definitely more people in that arena cheering for him than for Dalton. I was trying to do my part, which is, again, why I have no voice. But I was cheering my the best I could for Dalton. Dalton cracks me up so much. He just basically has Carrie Elwes' face circa 1992. So he's also very fun to look at. Uh, it's just, he's so funny. Yeah. He is legitimately hilarious. Um, but... It's just unfortunate that, like, my energy and my attention span and my emotions were completely spent for this match because if they had just switched the order, it would have been so much better. Yeah. But within the reasonings, I get why it happened. I get why it happened, but I just wish Ring of Honor wasn't so precious about that stuff because they could have they could have made a better show. Yeah, you know? like, exactly. And if you make a better show, more people will watch your product. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and then post leaving Ring of Honor, we met some listeners who were really cool. We helped them avoid a hundred dollar uh, ra- cars home. Because yeah, I everything was really was surge. I was really proud of myself. So <laughs> I know you were. I was like totally riding high on the show. Um, and especially like I said, right before the show, I got a pedicure and I met just like a random wrestling fan getting a pedicure. And I was just like, I don't know. I was having such a wonderful time in New Orleans. Like we really had a really great weekend. Everyone was so cool. I like met this dude who was super nice. I gave him some weed. I just felt like I was like in the mood to do good deeds. By do you give weed too? Do you mean Craig? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, then that's even cooler. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I just gave his pedicure guy. I gave him weed. Um, oh, but, that's so nice. You're such a nice person. Well, I was just like 
people were so generous to us to get us to New Orleans. I felt like I needed to do everything I could to pay it back. Mm -hmm. So I was just like in the mood to do good deeds. And then um, we started talking to these uh, people after the show. Rachel complimented one of their shirts, which was uh, the gay community shirt, which Colette Arand from Gear Switch makes. So Gear Switch podcast. Check those out. They're Bullet Club shirts that say the gay community instead of Bullet Club. They're really funny. Um, we, were, we were talking to them. Uh, I We were trying to figure out how to get home. There was a bunch of surge pricing. So we started just a march to the bus and we like picked up a few people on the way who heard bus avoid surge pricing because I was like yelling to people. Yeah, we met a very nice woman from Montreal. Yeah, so we just led a bunch of people and then we, we got on the bus. Everybody saved money. We went to get beignets. It was a lovely time. So that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, if you rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, five stars helps us out a lot. Uh, if you want to send us an email, wrestlesplania at gmail.com, uh, wrestlesplania on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have a couple of plugs at the end of this episode, right? Uh, so I, for those of you who don't know, I have been making a documentary in Pennsylvania about gerrymandering and chapter two is out. And right after I record this episode, I basically have to do my laundry because I'm getting back on the road and we're going to be in Pennsylvania for more rallies and stuff. So if that is something you're interested in, please don't hesitate to reach, reach out. I just doing my duty by plugging it here. And Kath, you have some plugs too, right? Yeah. So um, first of all, as always, I have two other podcasts, um, What a Time to Be Alive, which is about events, news stuff, very lighthearted. We, uh, you know, if you like uh, stories about funny animals uh, getting into places they shouldn't belong, what a time to be alive. Probably the podcast for you. Let's check that out. <laughs> Sounds like my type of podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. I also have a podcast called Lie, Cheat, and Steal about um, liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. Let's check that out. Um, but the main reason I'm doing plugs today is that I am doing some shows in Austin, Texas. So if you live around there, please come hang out with me. I'm doing a Waterbed, which is a comedy variety show at Spider House Ballroom Thursday the 26th at 10 p.m. And I'm also doing a bunch of Master Pancake shows. Uh, we're doing Breakfast at Tiffany's. If you've never been to that, it's like a mystery science theater uh, style live show um, where we make fun of a movie while it's happening. And those are at the Alamo Draft House Ritz downtown. Um, Friday and Saturday, 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Um, it's the 18th, 19th, or 19th, 20th, I can't remember, whatever the Friday, Saturday is, and then the following Friday and Saturday, which I believe is the 27th, 28th. So uh, come check me out. Thanks. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.